Insights on Responsible Business is a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in an era of stakeholder capitalism. Our host, Sir Rob Wainwright, talks with business leaders and experts about their experiences in charting a new direction towards commercial success and greater societal impact. Our special guest today is Allard Castellane. He has been the Chief Executive Officer of the Port of Rotterdam Authority since 2014. Rob and Allard will talk about the big impact of disruptions like digitization, the challenges relating to climate change, and how the role of the Port of Rotterdam has evolved over time. Over to you, Rob. Brilliant. Thank you, Vaidehi. And a warm welcome to you, Alad. Thank you so much for joining us in our virtual studio today. Well, we're going to talk about the role of, I guess, major transportation hubs in helping to build and run a more sustainable economy. And it's great to talk to you. Who better than, than, than to talk to the CEO of the largest port in Europe? Alad, let's, let's start with maybe a quick scene set from you on, on the role of the Port of Rotterdam. Maybe give us also a sense of its size and scale. Yeah, thank you for having me uh, this morning, uh, Rob. It's my pleasure. Uh, so the Port of Rotterdam is by far the largest port in Europe. Um, it's a, a, a 12,000 hectare uh, plot of land, so to speak. Uh, several hundreds of companies, uh, uh, highly sophisticated and well-established uh, petrochemical industrial complex. Um, we treat and deal with approximately 470, 480 million tons of, of goods as on an annual throughput basis. Over 100,000 inland shipping movements, more than, if you like, an extensive network of modalities, rail, road, pipeline infrastructure, serving Northwest Europe. So although the Netherlands is a small country. We serve approximately 350 million people from the port of Rotterdam. We welcome global trade volumes and we connect markets. Um, we contribute some 6.2% to the gross national product of the Netherlands. Some 385,000 jobs are, are being created through our activities. So a pretty, pretty relevant um, position within society. And to, to make a bridge immediately to the challenge, um, at this juncture, 50% of our volumes are fossil-based. So if one bears in mind the challenges related to climate change, then clearly a 50% basis is, is not sustainable to, into the future and hence our activities to uh, be a force for change and serve our companies to the best of our abilities in order to make that change happen while staying in business. Sounds like a part-time role, Al. You're probably doing a day or two a week by the sound of it. It sounds, it sounds um, such a complex operation that, that, that you and your colleagues are, are running. I mean, the, just the, the numbers of, of huge global partners you have, uh, numbers of millions of jobs that you're creating, just, just the sheer size. And maybe a lot of consumers, a lot of citizens don't maybe are not familiar with it. They don't see it on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's obviously a critical part of everyday commerce, I guess, um, to, to, to all of us in Europe. Um, you, you mentioned that your base, the petrochemical base, 50% of it, um, you know, that's, that's the real challenge for you, maybe when we think about navigating the port in, you know, towards an energy, energy transition. How, how are you setting about doing that? Um, yeah, so that's correct. It's, it's, it's the major challenge, probably. There's another one which we may have time to, to address as well, and that is related to the disruption associated to digitization. And that's more in the, 
in the consumer domain, in the in the containerized movements of goods, uh, and those are the effects and, and the uh, items that we'll find on the shelves in every shop that we visit. Uh, but we'll get to that perhaps later, Rob. Uh, I think I think here on the energy transition, we already before the Paris Climate Agreement had identified that to be the major challenge and also concluded that we should address that challenge from a perspective of it should offer opportunities rather than threats. So what we set out to do is is to engage with the companies that have a presence in Rotterdam and share... Share that. <laughs> I think I think your dog agrees with you. I mean, you're making some very good points. I, I assume that's a positive signal from from him at home. And, and just to remind our audience, actually, we are we are absolutely in in line with COVID regulations. This is clearly a work from home perspective. It's everyday life, Hallad. Please, please continue. I'll, I'll take care of the dog, and I'll continue the discussion. This is double multitasking. So, so we we engaged with our customers and said. What would be, uh, how could we enable that transition to materialize? And that is um, from the perspective of um, wanting to stay in business, but not wanting to create a lesser impact on the climate by switching off the lights, but still being present and having an impact on society, offering the services and the goods that society needs, but with less of an environmental imprint. And so we've set out to a portfolio of activities that are, based on scenario thinking or regarding the role of the industries into the future. And so not so much that these are well-defined outcomes and strategies, but there's some several non-regrets that one should do immediately. For instance, take energy efficiency. Uh, we, could, we can use residual heat from the industrial processes and deliver that to the greenhouses and to residential areas. We can um, uh, use hydrogen as an alternative source of, of energy and high temperature processes and there, thereby make the processes more sustainable. We can capture CO2 and ensure that CO2 is not being emitted into the atmosphere. So we have several projects that we conduct and execute on behalf of and in service of the industries that have a presence in the port. And, and these activities are, if you like, not part of the critical set of competencies these businesses have. So ABP, Exxon, Air Liquide, Air Products, Shell, they have, their earning model is not premised on capturing CO2 and their capital allocation uh, is not geared towards building infrastructure associated to it. We can build that infrastructure, we can build the competencies, and we can just go to them and say, you know what, we're present at your gates, you deliver the CO2 at the fence, and we'll take care of it. We'll take away your concerns, we'll take away your time, attention, capital, competencies, and we'll conduct the service on your behalf and and, and, uh, in, in your favor, so that you can continue to focus on the main activities that you're uh, uh, destined with, namely to serve the society with the products and the services they need with less of an environmental impact. So that role that we've embraced is is bringing together several partners and parties in new value change, in new activities that did not exist a couple of years ago. Take the residual heat, take the biomass, take the hydrogen, take the CO2 capture, etc., etc. The circularity, not to forget. So, so as a company, our role has changed dramatically from a 
custodian of a port area uh, with a key competence in maintaining the nautical basins and the keys and the traffic control into an entrepreneurial business developer developing value chains that serve our customers in order for those customers to feel comfortable in investing in the port of Rotterdam. They're, they're great examples of, you know, sort of innovation, new initiatives, really to, to make um, a real contribution. Of course, you, you know, you're running this platform of services for all of these global companies. You mentioned a few of them. You still have to have that positive engagement of them. So in in that partnership model, I mean, are you, are you satisfied that you are building, you know, a real team effort around, around these maybe and, and other goals that, that affect the, the port's work? Yeah, I am actually, because when I first reached out to the head offices of all these companies, this was a clearly a fresh and new message. This was not a, a perspective they'd been offered before. I don't want to put too much claim to fame, but, but, but clearly these multinationals were looking at a challenge they were faced with and they did not know how to get around the challenge. They did not know how to set up the coalitions of the willing. They did not know whether they should own the infrastructure or contract it out. They did not know who should operate. Uh, what would the synergies, synergies be in a re regional, from a regional perspective and in an area? They did not know what the respective legislations would look like. So we've attempted to set up a platform for co-creation and that is both with public and private enterprises. So government is party to the storyline, as are the private enterprises are part of the storyline. And by playing that role, we've gained their trust and it's been recognized by virtue of their commitments that they've, that they've confirmed over the last couple of years by now in the amounts of money that they wish to invest in their own facilities in order to reduce their footprint. So I'm, I'm actually very, very positive and very bullish, even to the extent that um, the Rotterdam port area can deliver up to 40%, 40% of the total uh, challenge in, in reducing CO2 emissions of the country. We, we have such a, such a momentum that we've built and there's so much opportunity that we've identified that we can actually deliver and help the government, help the country to deliver up to 40% of the total challenge the country has going towards 2030 and then on to 2050. And I just wondered, is that recognised at a time, you know, especially over the last year coming out of the pandemic, it may be a greater sense that, you know, a more urgent need to tackle a climate change. Politicians, you know, being more active maybe on this, calling for change. So is, is that kind of contribution um, and the ambition that you're setting, is it recognized? I mean, is it starting also maybe to, to build different kind of reputation for, for the port in the future on, on this topic? I'm inclined to, to indeed confirm that. I mean, it, it remains to be seen. Everything needs to turn out to be positive. And, and many of the projects that we pursue are indeed gaining momentum. Some will, will still fail. That's, that's part and parcel of, of the nature of the exercise we're involved in. But take, for instance, yesterday, I was in an extensive virtual network setting with North Rhine-Westphalia in Germany, uh, and there were several large industrial complexes in the coal with uh, uh, North Rhine-Westphalia ministers of government, in which, uh, in that discussion, we confirmed, for instance, that we currently are pursuing 10 opportunities to assess 
production of hydrogen in highly efficient environments, take Chile or Australia or Morocco or Portugal or Saudi um, uh, and the likes, and how we could set up a hydrogen, a green hydrogen va value chain, build the infrastructure pipeline corridor from the port of Rotterdam all the way into North Rhine-Westphalia in order to serve the German industry to decarbonize their efforts. Now, they, they're landlocked, they, they need to look towards ports to bring in the hydrogen. And we wish to position ourselves as their partner of choice. Again, because we understand and appreciate the predicaments and the challenges, and we wish to be a force for change and create the impact required uh, in order to make that happen. So, so I'm actually very, very excited about the portfolio of activities that we're pursuing at the moment. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's a force for change that you're mentioning, you know, clearly not just in the Netherlands, however important it is to the economy here in the Netherlands. You, you know, you mentioned all those other countries and it, and it underlines that, you know, the, the global impact, the global relevance of, of the port as well. Let's turn to digitization because you mentioned that a little earlier also. And, 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 you know, you talked about the opportunities on offer for the port in terms of energy transition. How does that look to you f when it comes to digitization? Well, the, the interesting thing here is that, that in the past, uh, running a port would indeed consist of, like I alluded to just a minute ago, building key walls, maintaining the, 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 the nautical infrastructure, ensuring safe traffic movements, and, and the, if you like, the traditional perspective of what does a port entail. Digitization is, is a new, uh, offers a new opportunity and modalities in that by providing data, ensuring that there's a clear definition of data, uh, you can start to build services that truly also are more sustainable. Uh, let me give the following example. At this point in time, a vessel may sail to Rotterdam at its own predetermined speed, may then find that the terminal they wish to call upon is occupied, so they sit idle uh, outside of the port for a while. They order a pilot, they order a tugboat, they need a boatsman to connect them and uh, get to the key wall. They need to offload, they need to take on cargo, they need to exchange some folk, uh, they may take in some water and some fuel and then they will return. So these are various and uh, many steps and every step in its own right gives, gives inefficiencies because there's not an optimal integration of the various activities and coordination. So we provide now IoT-based platforms where that information is real-time, online, immediately available, including the salinity of the water, which has an impact on the draft the vessel uh, can, hold, can uh, will, will experience. So, so you can begin to optimize the logistics and thus the value chain and, 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 and do away with waste, not sitting idle, not having a tugboat for too long alongside, etc., etc. And those opportunities are not only from a sea-looking perspective, it's outside of the port, it's within the port, and it's into the hinterland if you connect uh, the German uh, market again to, to the port of Rotterdam. So the perspectives of optimizing that entire value chain are new to the business, are new to the logistics sector. And here again, we, we aspire to create coalitions. We work with main shipping lines, but we also work with main other ports. Because it, it starts, for instance, with having a clear set of definitions. If you, we're in the Netherlands, we're the only ones using Nieuw Amsterdam Spel, which is a measure of, of the water depth. 
but there's no other country in the world that has any understanding with or does appreciate any meaning of the of the new Amsterdam spell. So this is mixing inches with meters if we if we're not careful. So we we set out to achieve a standardization of data of definitions and thus begin to optimize on an IoT platform the various services that we go offer to the shipping lines. And I guess you have a number of major technology partners as well as those that are using the port for a day-to-day business. Um, how much is that transforming also your business model in terms of you know that sector now playing maybe a more important role in developing the port? Yeah, hugely, hugely. I mean, it's a, f- a phenomenal impact to have a partner in IBM and in Apple and S3 and Cisco. I mean, these, these are world-class players. Uh, they they recognize the the innovative approach that we take. Uh, IBM takes care of, of, of mentioning us in their annual reports, whilst we're as such, we're a relatively small uh, enterprise. Uh, but yeah, collaborating with these world-leading entities and organizations is, is essential, uh, opens up our own minds, provides us with new insights. And, and again here, I, I tend to believe in these coalitions of the willing rather than the mother of all. So we seek out our partners for those purposes that actually add value to the uh, challenges we're faced with. And that's that's extremely, extremely valuable. And of course, but, but um, you know, turning to the darker side of technology, the more you open up the digitization of the business, the more you open yourselves up potentially as well to the malicious cyber actors that are out there as well. Um, I just wondered, you know, how you're addressing addressing that because it's such a complex operation. I know from my former world at Europol and what I'm doing, helping companies around the world now that I it, it will be somewhat of a target, even a honeypot target for many malicious actors. How how much is cyber, um, you know, shaping your your digitization strategy? Yeah, very much so. Very much. It's, it's top of mind continuously. Uh, it will feature in every risk register, but not only that. We we've built our networks. We've we we build in the redundancy. We build in the the separations. We build in. Uh, we we recognize we are we're a critical infrastructure for the country. Uh, we're we're earmarked by government to to be critical infrastructure. So we liaise with the various authorities uh, on a very frequent basis. And we we do our utmost, uh, which is not a not a guarantee, but we do our utmost to ensure that we're safe against any cyber attacks. So far, so good. But knock on wood. Um, but but everything we do and the manner in which we we build our infrastructure and we we train our folk uh, and we we test the robustness is all associated to that particular risk. Uh, so you're absolutely correct. Listen to you, Alan. Is somebody who's all at once a businessman, a chief sustainability officer, chief information security officer, um, a chief digital officer, and also kind of a good old fashioned logistical director as well. So it's quite a job. I just wondered, uh, you've done it for now several years, you know, the, uh, the sort of intrinsic interest in the job and the passion for you to, to keep going, you know, what is it for you, I think, on a more personal level? Um, so, so. Everything I do, I, I, I can only do, fortunately, with, with having good people around me and supporting me or taking the lead. Um, the role we've created for ourselves and that we can play is a role that has an impact on society and the well-being of this planet and its people. I mean, we serve a large population. We serve a large part of the economy. We, we, we can make it and be a change for good from a, a climate perspective. And we can create jobs, prosperity, uh, investments. And that role in itself gives me a lot of energy. Um, so that keeps me going and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And so, you know, turning one last question, Alan, before we wrap up, turning to the future, the future role 
of the port. I think we've already talked a little already about, you know, if it's a force for good, as you say, that's a force for good also maybe changing habits and perspectives um, in the economy with the hundreds of partners that you're playing with. Can, do you see that as 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 a port of Rotterdam, you know, being that, that accelerator um, in society and in the economy? We certainly wish to be part of that uh, accelerator effort. And what we hope to do is, is by being almost contagious and efficient, uh, allowing businesses to recognize that if they themselves wish to be part of that future, that Rotterdam is the preferred area for investment, the preferred port to invest in. I consider the opportunity that we have as extremely relevant, but I also recognize that businesses tend to have choice. And um, so what we want to do is, is create a, an opportunity for these businesses to have the biggest possible impact in the, in the most efficient area and the most efficient means. So uh, we hope indeed to find partners that recognize that perspective, that attitude, uh, that those aspirations and those aspirations are incredibly high. I mean, if there's one thing uh, I struggle with, it's, it's, it's seeking to match the aspirational goals I have, we have, with the aspirational goals that possibly we find in government or in other, if you'd like, public uh, organizations from a legislation enabling perspective. So it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal effort to ensure that we're all aligned and that we set ourselves these highly aspirational goals for the well-being of, 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 the, of the people we serve. Well, indeed, and it's better to have aspirations than not, of course. And and as you've been describing, you know, on sustainability and digitalization, better to see these challenges as opportunities and not threats. Well, it's been very interesting to, to talk to you today, Alad, you know, and lifting the lid on, on the work of, of such an important part of our economy. Um, really, really interesting. Thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, mind-boggling in scale, these giant seaports like Rotterdam play a critical role in the global economy, running logistical platforms that some of the biggest companies in the world depend on and from which millions of consumers derive benefit. That criticality in their daily function gives them influence over the companies they serve and the mega trends in business. The cause of climate change and our common need to move to a more sustainable economy has taken on a new sense of urgency over the last year. Time for these ports to use their influence to push that agenda along. Well, that's certainly the plan of the man running the largest seaport in Europe. Alad Castellane wants to make the port of Rotterdam a catalyst for responsible business transformation far and wide. Ambitious climate targets, new initiatives and strengthened partnerships with major corporations are all part of the plan. So too, leveraging the opportunities connected with the rapid digitization of the port's business. Rotterdam is set fair to sail this course with multiple others on board. Some of the winds of change, however, may yet pose a challenge given the intrinsic nature of the port's traditional petrochemical base. But as we've heard from Allard today, that simply offers all the more opportunity to make an even bigger influence on the path to a more sustainable future. Thank you for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune into our next episode. Please review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using. And find out more on Deloitte.nl. See you next time.